0: Golf and rock and roll? Not logical, but it is fascinating.
1: Playing down
2: that big old fairway Don't want no hackers to get in my way The boys and me got a big NASA going Even before
3: it drive.
0: It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on 740 The Game. I
2: love to play. Hey, bring me another of ball. We love it. And turn
3: on the lights. I love to play. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly G., Along with the best caddy on the planet, Rich B. Go, Jason. Go, Duffner. Go, Jason. Go, Duff.
4: Oh, you know what? There's a problem. Woo-hoo! There's an issue with the... Uh,
3: PGA the- champion. Oh, Kill Country Club. It the- was awesome to be there, Rich B.
4: Hey, I'm going to just say this about your fans in Rochester. Uh, they need some uh, little education. I know they don't get a big-time tournament or... Uh,
3: Oh, Something going on. have what? you checked the history books recently, Rich B? They don't get one very we often. We don't get up a big there. tournament. Gee, let's go back. Uh, Oak Hill, the only club that's had six men's major champions. Oh my God, are you really gonna pick on my hey, so, homies?
4: Hey, when did they start? With are you the, gonna uh, pick on my homies? Uh, really? Hey, well, they, you got some yahoos. They out there? didn't
3: start it. They didn't start it. If if you tweeted, you would know that this has started a while ago. But um, apparently, you know, golf fans have a little. Uh, Little adrenaline they have to get out of their systems and, you know, get it in the hole is uh, old school. So now it's mashed potatoes. But for the most part, uh, you know, Rochester, a great golf community and uh, hats off to Oak Hill. Just an excellent job getting the golf course in perfect shape. Harmon Brothers in particular, Craig Harmon, director of golf there and my former pro, uh, just uh just a great great job 42 years there at Oak Hill Country Club and what a terrific championship down to the wire with Jim Furyk and and Jason Duffner. I mean Rich B, you're kind of like Jason a little bit. You know, you don't get too you know, too riled up there out on the course. You got kind of a poker face when you're playing but this guy you you got to, I mean, you want to take his pulse. You just don't know what's going yeah, and, on.
4: And you want to uh, uh, kick old Furick in the pants like, hey, can you slow it down a little bit more? Uh, you did back away from a couple shots there on the, on the way in on the last uh, few holes.
3: Not only that, but I will say missed a, a pretty uh, easy uh, iron uh, shot in the middle of the fairway on number nine. <laughs> missed two opportunities, Rich B, on 13. One of the easiest holes all week, the par five, and then 14. You know, you had guys like Rory and Adam Scott driving that hole. Um, so I, you know, I have to say, I mean, you know, Jim missed some opportunities. He played hard, but, uh, you know, Jason just went out and won the tournament. No no doubt about it.
4: Yeah, I think we're going to start a new uh, Duffnering uh, uh, material where you hit it 12 feet past the hole and back it up to like uh, within a foot. You're now Duffnering. If you can master that shot, you've got some control of your golf ball.
3: No doubt, and... You know, three tap-in birdies in a major?
4: Yeah, that's pretty strong uh, on the way in, on the last nine on Sunday. Uh, That's pretty hard to beat when nobody else is even making a putt.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we thought maybe there'd be a run from somebody, you know, in the pack there. Henrik Stenson, you know, uh, wow, what a ball striker he is, and a great iron player. And and Jonas
4: Blix, what was that, the All-Sweden team Uh, How about that?
3: (laughs) Um, I would have been all for that, as you know, being part Swedish. Uh, Oh, is that what it is? Little surprise, um, of course, with Phil folding his 10 and almost not even making the cut and then finishing, I think, what, tie for last place on Sunday. Um, Steve Stricker thought maybe he'd, you know, get some mojo going, but um, didn't happen. You know, nobody really made a charge, but Oak Hill, not a course you can really make a charge on Sunday, I, I think the only one I thought maybe could do it was Rory.
4: You know, and, and you get real defensive. I think you, you said uh, you know there's, it's pretty hard to make a charge, but it's pretty hard to come back from a mistake when you start to go bad, uh, which I did in the Florida Senior Open. Uh, give me a triple and a double. Yeah, you're kind of uh, just walking it in from there. But uh,
3: yeah, so how did you uh, how yeah, did you end up there, my friend? I, 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 I
4: did not do that well. I played well uh, one day at uh, Shingle Creek, the first day, shot seventy two. And at Interlocking, Steve Smyers' design. I don't know what Steve's thinking. He's got these hills in the middle of the greens. You know, greens are usually flat. These had some really good bumps in them. And uh, well, you were tough. you
3: had, had some tough. you had some tough competition in there. Yeah, Gar- Gary Coke.
4: I did want to go over and shake his hand. And say, hey, Gary, thanks for coming on our radio show.
3: Yeah, yeah. Gator.
4: I, he's, yeah. he's the big we've, gator. We've
3: had him on. I know Gary, and of course, you know NBC commentator. So uh, who else was in the field? You you were you were playing some uh, you tough know, some
4: guy I played junior golf with. How's that? Ed Humenick, uh, He was on the PGA tour. He's now down in uh, Jupiter, uh, Hope Sound area, and you know it's always great to play in these because you meet some guys from South Florida that actually come up and play up here, and uh, they represent themselves very well. And uh, congratulations, they did another fabulous job, and I enjoyed it. And um, the competition is uh, pretty stiff out there. I will say that.
3: Well, speaking of uh, PGA club professionals, uh, Rod Perry, of course, who was the winner of the uh, PGA National Championship in June at uh, Sun River, was uh, you know got him got his place into the PGA Championship. He's from our neck of the woods over there, Crane Lakes and Port Orange. Um, we weren't able to grab him last week due to a, a PGA commitment Wednesday night, but he's going to be on tonight. We're going to hear about his experience there. Unfortunately, he didn't make a cut. None of the twenty players made the cut, Rich B. But you know, really tough, tough to play against one of the one of the well, the toughest field all year this major. Hey, and the crowds.
4: I mean, you know, you really double time performance. Uh, try not to hit anybody in the crowd. I think is the number one object.
3: Well, this was this was Rob Perry's second appearance. Uh, in the PGA Championship, and he's the fourth member of the North Florida PGA Section to capture the national championships. That's that's strong.
4: Yeah, they're uh, pretty good players around here in the North Florida section, I have to say.
3: Well, you know, I mean, these guys are teaching professionals. They don't get a lot of time to, to get out there and practice, but uh, really great to see Rod Perry from Port Orange, Florida, that would be Daytona Beach. Yeah, Crane um, Lakes. You know, making it, making it to the PGA Championship. Well, we've got a lot of golf to talk about tonight. We've got Bob Herrig from ESPN.com coming up to talk a little bit about the PGA Championship. We are going to have Rod Perry on the line with us, as well as some coverage from the Solheim Cup out at Colorado Golf Club in Parker, Colorado. The Women's Ryder Cup begins on Friday. Stay with us. Lots to talk about here on the Golf Insider. 740, the game. Stay with us.
4: Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I
2: can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness Got the Strugglers Blues.
3: The Strugglers Blues. We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G, along with the best caddy on the planet, Rich B. Struggler's Blues, I'll tell you, they were struggling to make pars at Oak Hill, Rich B. You
4: know, it's not Tough, called the long rough. Course,
3: tight, long, rough. I mean, I you, you saw some of those shots probably on the Golf Channel. I mean, it looked like they were making, what'd they say, Caesar salad?
4: Oh, yeah, big chunky divots and the ball's not going very far. And these guys aren't used to that. Uh, you know, they're used to really good conditions and uh, having the having it go their way. No, oh, no, whoa, no.
3: whoa, whoa, whoa. Good conditions. Dude, okay.
4: So, oh, I'm talking about the everyday PGA, oh, you know. Oh, got it. Uh, as compared to the uh, majors. majors, where they have to play out of some uh, deep rough.
3: Right. Ugh. Yeah. And some very narrow shoots out of uh, the tee boxes and big trees up there, Rich B. I mean, you were up in New England a few weeks ago. Been a while since I'd been up north. Um, you know, I felt like I was uh, in Sherwood Forest. Well, that's that old school, tight, you know, uh,
4: You know, gr- grown-up trees, you know, great old golf course. Big you know, oaks
3: and, uh, you know, big old pine trees. And Phil, good old Phil on Friday, I was right there, is on, you know, in the left junk on 18. And, of course, pulls out, I don't know what he hit, uh, thinking he's going to, you know, just cut it right through the trees. And, you know, takes double. I don't know.
4: He wasn't in the mood.
3: I don't. I don't know where this, <laughs> you know, in the his zen zenness went, but I think probably uh, understandable after his big win at the British.
4: Yeah, that's pretty hard to win two majors in a year, but uh, you know he'll be back.
3: But speaking of winners, we're going to go to one of our favorite golf insiders. Got the chance to hang out with him this week in the press room and watch him do all his great reporting bob Herrick from espn.com hey bob
1: hey how's it going
4: guys he's Uh, a pretty busy guy that bob Herrick. he's everywhere
3: (laughs) yes he is trust me and uh he was burning some midnight oil in that well press room for sure what a great week we had huh bob
1: yeah it really was it was uh you know, except for the rain on Friday, it was a really nice weather week too. It's such a relief from down here. It uh, it was it was cool. It was uh, and obviously a historic golf course, a really good test, and and uh, a pretty compelling tournament as well.
3: What um, was your biggest surprise? Who ended up hoisting the Wanamaker on Sunday? Jason Duffner, or the fact that the a duel on Sunday between Tiger and Phil didn't materialize, although uh, I was not betting on that one.
1: Well, I think it was a lot to ask if they'd both be in it, but I, I have to say um, I was pretty surprised how how poorly Tiger fared, given just how well he had played the week before. Um, you know, I know it's I know it's not the same golf course and. And, and maybe not even the same style, of course. But you know, it, it, they are the same kind of greens. And granted, there was more rough at Oak Hill, considerably more rough. But you know, you take Tiger out of it at, at Bridgestone, and, and the next best score was eight under par, uh, ten under par. Won at uh, at Oak Hill. You know, Tiger. Tiger just happened to be seven shots better than everybody the week before. You know, so it's like I, I just have a hard time figuring out why. What happened from Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, the week before, to Thursday, Friday at Oak Hill? That's the biggest surprise to me. I'm not surprised that Jason Duffner prevailed. You know, he had a really good leaderboard. Him and Furyk and Adam Scott, Henrik Stenson. uh, Rory had made a move and backed off. I mean, there was a lot of guys that could have won that tournament. So, uh, you know, kudos to to Duffner for pulling it off.
3: Yeah, and as we mentioned in our first segment, Uh, You know, Jim Furyk making some key mistakes, I thought, um, although, you know, he he was or said he wasn't disappointed in how he played. But, you know, he hit a really poor iron shot on nine when he was right in the middle of the fairway, hit it short, right, um, you know, missed his opportunities on 13 and 14, 13, the par five, which, well, both of them, two of the easier holes all week. And then, uh, you know, bogeying 17 and 18. What were your thoughts?
1: Right, I mean, you know, it, this one won't feel as rough on, on Furyk because Dufner played pretty well uh, and, and actually got out in front, but I mean, to bogey the last two holes when you know, he, what, he lost by two, right? I mean, uh, I, I realized that, that uh, uh, when he bogeyed the last hole, it was pretty much over anyway, and that's not an easy birdie hole, but you know, it's just sort of how it's been for Furyk here the last couple of years. He's had a, has had difficulty closing these things out, and um, it's uh, you, you wonder how many more chances he's going to get. I, I think he probably felt good about the fact that he put himself there again, and it had been a while. And you know, when you're struggling like he's been, maybe that's the best way to look at it. But from afar, you sit there and go, boy, that was that was sort of an opportunity missed.
3: Do you think the pressure's getting to him a little bit? You know, I mean, you know, given that he he's had some of these missed opportunities and you know, the the clock starts ticking in your head, that's for sure.
1: I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, you know, they and this is again, and we've talked about this a million times, but um, you know, Tiger spoils us as much as he gets himself up there in these things and then people criticize him for not finishing it off. Well, you know, it's just not that easy to even get there. Uh, you know, before before the last couple of tournaments, the, you know, Furyk had two top ten finishes in Canada and at the Bridgestone, the T nine. Those are his first top ten since March. Missed because at the US Open and the British Open. I mean he's not even been a factor. You know, so what's worse to to to, to uh to try and fail or to not try at all? I mean he made it there and then uh and, and didn't get it done. Uh, I think he prefers that to, to not even making it there.
4: You know, I'm going to say this about Jim Furick, you know, I was ripping on him about slow play earlier, but uh nobody expected like you said Bob to see him in the uh in the end on uh Sunday doing what he was doing. And I'm going to say this also nobody gets any more out of their game than uh Jim Furick. He gets uh he gets a lot out of uh what he brings to the uh golf course.
1: Uh no doubt about it. I mean, he's uh He's an ultimate grinder. He doesn't have the greatest swing. He doesn't hit it very far. Uh, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, something like 52 or $53 million later, <laughs> here he is. And,
4: <laughs> and he's
1: actually on the, you know, he's really, you know, you could argue that he's a Hall of Famer. Um, given, given some of the people who have gone in of late with their victory totals, he's certainly in the discussion. I think another major would have put him over the top for sure.
3: And, and a former uh, uh, tour championship winner as well. So this makes uh, Duffner 15 of the last 19 major championships being won by a first-time winner. Bob, talk about how tough it is. And what does this mean for Tiger? I mean, you know, now it's uh, been five years since, that, uh, since he's won a major
1: Right. Well, it certainly shows – I mean, it makes you wonder if all these first-timers are coming along now because it sort of coincided with when Tiger stopped winning them. Uh, But I do think it points out that it's hard to win them. Uh, You've got guys coming from all over. As you mentioned, 15 different first-time winners. Uh, Also, in the period since Tiger last won a major, I believe only Phil, Rory, and Padraig Harrington, who's not done anything either for five years – they're the only players who have won multiple majors. Uh, so it's not like somebody else is stepping up and taking all the, all the, all the hardware. Uh, you know, I've heard it said, you know, how can a guy be number one in the world and he hasn't won a major for five years? Well, I guess I would say who should be number one then? You know, um, uh, you know Rory, Rory won two majors but hasn't done anything this year. Should he be number one? Uh, you know, Adam Scott has has had the best record in the majors over the last two years. Uh, had has the best cumulative finish of anybody. Um, maybe he should be number one, you know, if you if you're gonna go by that argument. At least he did win one. Uh finished second in another and and has and had a couple of close calls. But, you know, I just think again it points out that winning these things is not that easy. And uh uh, you know, the fact that Tigers at least put himself there a few times is, is better than, than, you know, being off in the distance, not even competing. You know, Rory was really not a contender in any of the majors this year. Uh, and it, it happens. You know, guys have those years where they just don't put it together.
3: And and let's not overlook the fact uh, five wins this year.
1: Right, exactly. And Three wins in tournaments that have major-like fields.
3: Absolutely. Uh,
1: you and- know, you could certainly argue that the Players' Championship is every bit, in terms of the field, is every bit a major that the PGA Championship is. So, um, you know, he's, he's, he's it's not like he's just won these rinky-dink events. I mean, he won three tournaments, two World Golf Championships, and a Players that are, you know, very much like majors. They just don't give out the major championship trophy.
3: Yeah, we set the bar very high for Tiger, but... You know, he's that's that's the way he also, uh, you know, lives his game. And and, um, you know, as we know for a long time, has said that majors are, you know, what it's all about for him. So we move to the Wyndham Championship, the final opportunity before we get into the FedEx Cup playoffs. This is a this is a big week as well for a lot of players.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it really, the, the season really kind of gets jammed together here. Uh We go from the last major, which followed the previous major, by 18 days, uh, which, if you ask me, is a little bit too quick. Uh And then we go right from the last major into now essentially what is the last week of the regular season. There are guys who are going to either keep their card this week or not. And if they keep their card, uh, basically what that means is you get in the FedEx Cup playoffs. And if you don't, then you're headed to the web.com final series, which is those four tournaments that they're sort of going to be playing alongside the, the, uh, the, the FedEx event. One, the, the final event is actually the week after. And that's to get your PGA Tour card if you didn't keep it, uh, it's basically replacing Q School. So all of this is new. This is a, a new way they're going about it. Uh, the season ends now. There's no more tournaments after the Tour Championship that count for this year. Uh, and then uh, three weeks after the Tour Championship, the new season begins. There's no, there's no rest at all. Uh, it will be interesting to see actually how many of the top guys play any of those events in the fall uh, that are going to kind of run through November uh, before the season resumes again in January.
3: What's, what's your feeling about the new, the new, you know, way they're going about this and eliminating Q School?
1: I'm actually okay with it. Um, I, I like the I, – I, I know that there's a lot of despair over, over Q School. There's still going to be a Q School. It's just not going to be in the form we know it. But these, these events that, that are being played as web.com events are ostensibly Q School. Now, of course, you and I can't go enter it like in the past people could have. Uh, and, and so it, it closes things up for the dreamers, so to speak. They've got to go to Q School at the end of the year and get on the web.com tour and then make their way to this thing. But for the guys who you know lose their card on the PGA Tour and would go back to Q School, play the, play the 108 holes over six days, this is a far better avenue. It's tournaments with prize money, and it's not a one-shot-and-you're-done deal. You can have a poor week and maybe survive. It's sports tournaments. And that's a much better gauge, I think, of, of your abilities to make it. And for the ones who say, well, you know, it shuts the door on people, I just point to Jordan Spieth. Uh, he had no status whatsoever this year on any tour, managed to get in a couple of web.com events, managed to get in some tour events, Granted, he got some sponsor exemptions, but then he had some top 10s, which got him in more events. He accumulated enough money to get special temporary status. Then he won enough money that would have got him his card anyway, and then he won a tournament. You know, now he's exempt. So, I mean, it can be done, even though it's a hard way to do it this way. And I, I also like the idea that we have closure on the season. When the Tour Championship is done, the 2013 season is over. There's no more events afterward. I, was always, I always had a hard time with playing tournaments after the Tour Championship that counted on the previous year's schedule. It was just awkward. It would be like playing baseball games after the World Series. You know, it would be like playing football games after the Super Bowl and they determined if you finished second, third, or fourth in your division. Uh, it just was an odd way of going about it. And now uh, I think this is a, a much cleaner way. And if you're going to play golf anyway – If you're going to have tournaments in the fall, then let them count. Let them count towards the next year's FedEx, which is what they're going to do.
3: Well, and we're going to have some some great golf going into the fall because uh, the tour championship is September 19th through the 22nd. But then we have the President's Cup, of course, October 3rd through 6th, which will be at Muirfield Village in Ohio. And um and then we're gonna have a terrific PGA Grand Slam this year with uh four great major winners. Bob, I think this year it's gonna be one of the best with Adam Scott, Justin Rose, Phil Mickelson, and Jason Duffner. Uh gonna be fun to watch those guys play at the end of the year.
1: No doubt. I hope I hope they all show up. Uh I think it'll be a fun, a fun event with those four guys and uh um I think a lot of people will wanna watch it too. I think, you know, that's the whole point of it, and I think a lot of people will We'll uh, we'll tune in. It should be fun to see
3: that one. Well, it's been a great uh, year of majors, that's for sure. And as we go into the FedEx uh, playoffs, it'll be interesting to see who is going to end up the winner of the Tour Championship. Bob, as always, we thank you so much for your time. It was great spending a week up at Oak Hill with you.
1: Very good. Thanks a lot.
3: Bob Herrig, ESPN.com. You're listening to the Golf Insider, 740 The Game. We've got a lot more coming up. Stay with us.
2: Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us.
0: Well, that's my job to keep all those nuts
2: away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play in pebbles.
3: We're back, the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4. In the house back from the PGA Championship in Rochester, New York, Holly G and Long. With Rich B, fresh off the floor to open. Senior. Senior. I Well, I was trying to be nice.
4: Yeah, that's pretty cool. Hey, Holly, were you hanging out in the tent, uh, the press tent all week up there? What, uh, what was all going on? All week, what?
3: doing my thing.
4: He's serving Jenny Cream ale in the press tent.
3: Hey, as a matter <laughs> of fact, <laughs> we had a little media reception, and I introduced a lot of the boys to Jenny Cream. Oh, my. As well as real buffalo chicken wings. And speaking of Buffalo, Rich B. Oh,
4: hey, here you, we go. You know
3: that I spent a little time at the uh, Buffalo Bills training camp on Monday. Stalker got a little picture <laughs> me and EJ Manuel. Go Bills!
4: Nice. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't even know why
3: I went down this path with with Go Bills with with two Patriot fans staring me. See this hat in right the here? eyes. This
1: is this is a team that's gonna. Wipe the table,
4: oh, with the uh, Buffalo yeah. with the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, Easy, well, EJ you know, Manuel. Brady's
3: old man. Brady's yeah. old, injured already.
4: No, MRI was negative. Everybody can calm down. <laughs> I have the
1: updates. It's it's day by day. I have a doctor at the hospital calling me, giving me updates.
3: Look at Rich I, I sent
4: him flowers and cookies. So All he's I had good to, to do
3: was mention the Patriots. All of a sudden, he's got a headset on. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, got yeah, the he's mic shot. hot. Hey,
4: hey uh, stay with the uh, the weather report, okay? Can, yeah. <laughs> oh, we, so, oh, real oh, funny. We, oh, we, bang, we,
1: you. I can we, turn your mic off at, <laughs> in, in a moment. <laughs>
3: we digress, but uh, back to a little golf. And, um Rich B., as as we mentioned earlier, uh, Rod Perry from Crane Lakes Golf and Country Club in Port Orange, and I know he's a good friend of yours, uh, was the uh, winner of the 46th PGA Professional National Championship in June at Sun River in Oregon, and he got his spot for the second time in the PGA Championship. That is, people have no idea how tough that is and how all-world it is. You know, he's
4: having a very good year. There's not too many people having a better year professionally at the the club professional level. Uh, Congratulations to Rod. Great guy. He deserves it.
3: And uh, we have him on the line. Rod Perry. Where is he at? Rich, I don't know if you
4: knew I was listening to that, but I'll
0: send you some flowers, too.
4: Hey, I appreciate that, Rod. Congratulations and uh job well done, my friend. Uh, and a lot of hard work went into that. And you know, uh I was watching on TV the road to the P- the championship, you know, and watching you with your kids on the beach. Jeez, I had a little uh had a little moment there, Rod. That yeah. was pretty cool to watch, man.
0: Yeah, it's it's been great. You know, the last couple of weeks have been really uh really fun and uh obviously the PJ was a lot of fun. And looking forward to uh, the PGA Cup in a couple weeks over in England. And, uh, you know, all that comes along with uh, winning the tournament next year.
3: Rod, I don't think people can even appreciate what it's like. I mean, you're running a business, you're a teaching professional, and playing competitive golf on the side, you know, to go and compete in the PGA Championship. I mean, that's just, you know, amazing.
0: Yeah, I always tell people I've got the best side job in the world—playing the PGA Tour. <laughs>
3: yeah, no doubt. <laughs>
0: uh, hey, because so
3: you- that that club professional uh, championship gets you into some other tournaments, correct?
0: Yeah, uh, six events next year. So I'll, I'll I think exemptions into the what they call the three opposite field events. So the three events the PGA Tour runs opposite the weeks of the majors, uh, which will be Puerto Rico, the uh, Reno Tahoe and then uh, Mississippi, and then I get the liberty to pick three from what I hear.
3: What What, what are you thinking about?
0: I have no idea. You know, uh, obviously, the, you know, the invitationals are, are out of the question, and, uh, you know, the other uh, World Golf Championships are out of the question. So, you know, I'll probably leave it up to my uh, my great wife and see where she wants to go.
3: Smart man, smart man. Uh, this is the second year in a row that you've played in the PGA Championship. Um Unfortunately, none of the 20 pros, club pros, including yourself, made the cut. Uh, But, you know, respectable, I think, 78-78 back-to-back?
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, pretty disappointing. Um, Certainly I had, you know, higher goals than that. But, uh, you know, unfortunately I've always kind of been a slow learner. And it takes a while to kind of wrap your head around uh, the ongoings of the event. And, you know, hopefully, you know, in the years to come, if I can continue to, to get in, you know, I think I'll be able to comprehend um, just how to play a little bit better in in the majors like that.
4: That's your. That's a pretty tough tournament, right there. To come right out of the box, and uh, they've got this thing set up uh, as difficult as you possibly can. Yeah. I imagine
0: the box meaning the golf shop. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Right out of the box,
4: yeah. Sl- yeah. Slinging tee times and uh, ringing uh, cash yeah. registers. Uh, well, and
3: and you know, a completely different golf course than you're used to. We talked about this in your press conference, Rod you know, that, uh, I mean, to some extent, there's a climate change, but it's getting used to different types of turf. You're used to Bermuda down here in Florida. You're right. playing bent up there. The rough, of course, just absolutely brutal. I mean, you know, that's not something you play day in, day out. So that's that's tough as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we all kind of saw how humbling that rough can be, you know, uh, even, you know, mowed at about four inches and then you know being wet from the uh, from the rains throughout the week it was it was a pretty humbling experience to to be taking full swings with nine irons and eight irons and literally hitting them twenty feet in front of you so uh you know it was difficult but uh certainly i have a i've always had an appreciation but I even have a greater appreciation for the performance that uh jason buffner and, and Jim Burick and a lot of the guys put on
3: i was gonna say did did you have a a pick going into uh the weekend. Well,
0: you know, obviously Tiger. You know, I mean, Tiger's always going to be the pick. I think just because you know he's the he's the he's the best. He's number one, and he's obviously the most talented player we we have on earth right now. And then uh, you know, it just in retrospect, obviously the golf course lent itself to a guy just like Jason Dufner, Jim Furyk, or uh, Matt Kuchar, just a uh, a plotter, for lack of a better term, but someone who keeps the ball in front of him and doesn't get rattled and who drives the ball extremely straight. Uh, you know, that's the type of golf course it was.
3: Well, tell us about your club over there, Crane Lakes and Port Orange, and uh, how people could come take a lesson with, with you.
0: Sure. Yeah, um, we've got a great website, uh, cranelakesgolf.com. So log on there, and you can check out all the uh, the information about the club. It's a daily fee club. So we've, we've got, obviously, a great and, and very supportive membership that live there. And then for those of uh, of the people that want to play, we are open for daily fee play. And you can call and book a tea time or, or, you know, go online and check us out. We'd love to have you come over and experience golf in Port Orange. It's a fantastic place. Uh, the course is in super, super good shape right now. And, uh, obviously, it's owned by a phenomenal family who provide me a very long leash to go play.
4: Yeah, you got to like that. I, what did you say? You're going to England?
0: Yeah, the PGA Cup matches are next month in England. And the oh. top ten club pros will play the top ten from over there. And we play every two years opposite the Ryder Cup. And uh, you know the bag arrived this afternoon, and so when I unlock the bag and uh, unpack the bag, and you know, and my name's on it, it says Team USA. It kind of hit me as like, okay, this is going to be pretty cool.
4: Wow, that's how so sweet cool. is yeah, that's that? Awesome.
0: Yeah, it's pretty cool, and I get to take my wife along, so she'll get to experience, uh, you know, traveling over there and and kind of seeing what life is like in England, and and we're really looking forward to it. Oh, the
4: pound—we're taking a beating on the pound, though. You better bring a few extra bucks over there with you.
3: <laughs> I think Rich B is is hoping you you take him as as your caddy. I, you know, I yeah, there you go. He's, his uh, his uh, fee is pretty cheap.
4: Yeah. But uh, his
3: but his bar bill is not. All righty then. <laughs>
4: hey, well, congratulations, Rod. Rod. Appreciate you Thank coming you on the air with Holly and I, and uh, we'll see you on the first tee uh, shortly.
0: You got it. Thank
3: yeah, you, man. Lot. All right. Rod Perry from Crane Lakes Golf and Country Club in Port Orange. Playing in the PGA Championship, one of our very own here in Central Florida. You're listening to the Golf Insider 740, the game. We have lots more coming up. Stay with us.
0: Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf, then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments,
2: none of which they do very well. yeah, yeah, really not so lean and mean I got good eyes on I'll be all right I got my dentures shining bright I got a dip right here For those golf carts I can steal We're with, back, with the I Golf Insiders. Like
3: Wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk in the house, Holla G, along with Rich B. And, uh, Rich, another big event this week. Beginning Friday. Well, it's already begun. The Solheim Cup, the LPGA's version of the Ryder Cup, taking place in Colorado Golf Club out in Parker, Colorado, about 20 minutes outside of Denver. Wow, talk about some beautiful weather and a great place to drive the golf ball with that elevation and mountain air.
4: Yeah, it's a little thinner up there, the Mile High City. And the ball will travel, what is it, uh, Holly, 20% further?
3: Yeah, I believe uh, that's on average. Uh, you know, the Solheim Cup was actually started when I was at the LPGA in 1990. In fact, um, Whoa. my team actually was responsible for, uh, for picking out the trophy and coming up with the logo. And the 24 of the world's best female golfers will be there this week to compete for their country And um, we're going to go to a man who's going to be there covering it. One of our favorite, favorite publications in golf, Global Golf Post. We're going to Mr. Steve Eubanks. Welcome to the show.
2: Oh, good to be with you. Thanks for having
3: me again. Hey, it's great to be with you. So uh, the American team, of course, uh, we need to win the cup back. And uh, the American team looking pretty good here. We've got uh, a lot of um, experienced players on the team, Paula Creamer, Of course, we have a captain by Meg Mallon. And um, Lexi Thompson, the youngest to play on the team. Give us a little overview of, of what you expect to see this week.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I think that you hit uh, you really hit on an interesting point with uh, the golf ball traveling a little farther. I mean, it, it, I have seen Colorado Golf Club. It's, it's a wonderful club, but uh, distance is going to be a factor there. It's going to be a factor because there are so many undulations in the greens that it's going to be very important to be hitting shorter irons into there. Uh, so I think that, that the, the players who, uh, who can really bomb it uh, are going to end up having an advantage. And and when I'm talking about that, you know, I'm thinking of Brittany Linscombe, Lexi Thompson, Stacy Lewis. I mean, they're not short hitters. And so, uh, you know, I think that really puts uh, puts the advantage onto the American side, not to mention the crowds. I mean, already early on, there have been, uh, you know, very boisterous and enthusiastic fans out there. And that's only going get, to get more so as the week progresses.
4: Yeah, let's not forget now, I think the most important person that's going to be out there on that turf is going to be Dottie Pepper whipping some of uh, them gals into shape.
2: Yeah, I'll tell you D- Dottie Dottie can can get intense as as we all know and uh you know look she she's in a little bit of a different role this time. I mean, I think that that uh she's going to be cheerleading. She's going to be uh really trying to fire everybody up, not that they need it. I mean, this is, you know, this is as intense an environment as it gets in the game. But I really think that she's going to be an inspiration more than anything for them out there just to see her and to see her enthusiasm and how much she loves this thing.
3: Yeah, absolutely. That's a a real bonus for Team USA. Interestingly, in this year's Solheim Cup, we've got 10 rookies, six on the European squad and four on the U.S. team. Uh, You know, this is one of the biggest stages for women's golf. It's a great, great, you know, event. Has a lot of you know the same you know you got to love match play, love the intensity. Great opportunity to see some of our best players, but I, those those uh, girls are going to be nervous.
2: You know they are, but if you think back on past Ryder uh, past Solheim Cups, there's always been a rookie that stood out. I mean, for the U.S. it was Ryan O'Toole in in, uh, in Ireland, but nobody. I mean, prior to that event, who'd heard of Ryan O'Toole? I mean, but she shows up and really showed a level of grit that I think surprised everyone. Now, it was on a losing effort, but uh, certainly I think that she did a lot for herself and for her team and for her teammates uh, by by putting out the performance that she did. I mean, when Paula Kramer was a, was a rookie, I mean, who can forget uh, the enthusiasm and and uh, just the gutsy play that she showed in her first Soul High Cup? So I think that you're going to see um, a, a lot out of these rookies, and I think that there's always going to be one that uh, that stands out and distinguishes herself. You know, I did, I look at Jessica Corda, I look at Lizette Salas. I mean, these are these are certainly experienced players, um, but but they have never been in an environment like this, and it's going to be interesting to see how they handle it.
3: We're talking about the Solheim Cup, which is beginning this Friday out at Colorado Golf Club. The European team is led by captain Lisa Lot Neumann, Lotta as she is known, and uh, you know she's got a U.S. Open. She's played in a number of Solheim Cups. Uh, she's going to be a, a fierce uh, leader.
2: Yeah, she is, and uh, you know a little different. I mean, from a personality standpoint, uh, from from Meg and certainly from Dottie, but I think that that, that Lotta brings a, a sort of a calming. Um, Sense to that team. I mean, she—if you've been around her, she's just a she's just a delightful person to be around, and I think that uh, that that will that will put a lot of these, particularly these rookies, and she's got a lot of them. It's going to put a lot of them at ease uh, to have her telling stories and to have her in the team room and to have her, uh, you know, making the pairings and and, and just being kind of that uh, that calming influence out on the golf course.
3: Well, of course, one of the pa- captain's picks by Meg Mallon was Michelle Wee. She has played pretty well uh, in the Solheim Cup, although you know certainly has not played up to her expectations on the tour. What do you think about that pick?
2: That was a head scratcher for me. I, I have to admit. <laughs> I mean, look, it, it was not. It, it's not that she doesn't have uh, Solheim Cup experience. Certainly, she does. But uh, her experience this year. Uh, really hasn't been very good, Um, and, and, you know, I I understand that that you want somebody who's played in match play, you want somebody who's got some length, you want somebody who was a, uh, you know, a force in the team room, but, you know, it comes down to being able to make putts in an event like this, and uh, that's been, that's really been um, Michelle's weakness uh, in the last couple of years, and and, uh, with the with the new putting stance she's gone to it's one of those things where I'm her partner. I'm kind of scratching my head going holy smokes, <laughs> let's see if we can't scrape one in here is she still
4: um, is she still featuring that same putting stance
2: oh man it is it is a it i it, it it's a nightmare to watch and yeah i mean she she seems to be sticking with it and uh i'm I got to tell you it's one of those things where I look at it and, and i and i think um. Fundamentally, I've never seen anyone putt well from a position like that. And so I wonder uh, how long she's going to stick with it. But I think this week you're going to see her doing it.
3: Well, it's going to be a, a great weekend for golf and match play. Nothing better to watch on TV with the Solheim Cup uh, this weekend, beginning Friday at uh, Parker, Colorado, Colorado Golf Club. And Steve, before we let you go, we've just got about a minute uh just congratulations to global Golf Post terrific coverage of the major uh the p g a championship this week. You put out a special edition every day and uh just your your thoughts on Jason Duffner before we let you go
2: what a great new champion isn't he i mean you you talk about Joe cool winning a major i mean that's that's what i think what that's what everybody senses in him and uh you know it's wonderful to see kind of an anti hero uh, somebody that you don't expect to win a major championship, and to see him out on television this week promoting it—I mean, he, you know—he looks like he rolled out of bed every time he's on an, uh, on a television doing an interview. It's just—it's just
4: great. You know what really so impressed I, me? Uh, excuse me. You know what impressed me about this guy was his uh, his uh, oh, a love for Ben Hogan, and uh, he was not afraid to mention it. We're coming uh, yeah. pretty uh, short here, but uh,
3: thank I've, you, Steve. You, Steve. Banks. I think
4: he's a great guy, and uh, congratulations to him. Thanks, yeah, absolutely. Thank
3: you, Holly. All right, and check it out, GlobalGolfPost.com. You can register for free and get it every Monday in your mailbox. Uh, Rich B., as always, a great week. The PGA, a great job up in Rochester and Oak Hill. Thank you, everyone, to our Golf Insiders, Bob Herrig, Rod Perry, and Steve Eubanks. Keep it tuned to us every Wednesday. We love you. We're out of here. Play golf. Bye-bye.